Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Luke's Gospel. It's the first chapter, verses 39 through 55. I encourage you to turn with me in the pew Bible in front of you or the Bible that you brought with you as we hear these sacred words. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed, among you, uh, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt with joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly estate of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and in his holy name, indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And according to the promise that he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious Lord, as we hear your word read and proclaimed, may we know the power of your spirit in our hearts. May it be anchored deep in the very marrow of our being. And may that spirit open our ears to your words, open our eyes to your presence, Open our very hearts to your love so that we would be transformed, leaving this place not as mere hearers of your words, but as doers of your words. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So over the years, I collect stories, things that I have witnessed in church, stories on some of you, stories on youth groups, all these things, stories friends of mine have shared with me. And one day, maybe I'll write these down in a book of short stories called The Thing I Saw at Church. And the story I'm going to tell you was shared with me by a friend, and if I were to write this down, I would entitle this one, The Surly Teenager at Christmas. But just wait. See, Amanda walked into youth group, and she walked in with a scowl on her face. 
it was obvious to anyone that she wanted to be anywhere else but church. I mean, anywhere else but in youth group that Sunday afternoon. Why was she there, you asked? Well, it appears that Amanda had gotten into some trouble at school, as sometimes teenagers do, and her parents decided that the perfect solution, the perfect way to fix the problem, was to send her to church, to youth group. Now, I know that has never happened in Tammy's career. I know that none of you have ever done that. None of you have ever subscribed to Christian community service and punishment to make your kids get right with God. And all of the youth leaders knew the minute she walked in the door and they read her face that they were in for a night. And this night was no other night of the year than the night of the youth group Christmas party, the one that they throw for the children who participate in the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club. It was a joyous, festive evening of service and fun. It was going to involve crafts and cookies. Read that to mean way too many cookies full of way too much sugar. Games and singing and supper and eventually presents. It was going to be a joyous occasion. And Amy, and I mean Amanda scowled so that everyone knew she was miserable. Merry Christmas, right? But then the children came in. The children from the Boys and Girls Club, and they came in loud and boisterous and bouncing on the walls as if they'd already had way too many cookies and way too much Christmas candy. But as the evening went on, as the energy in the room built, that the building was almost to explode with so much joy, Amanda moved from the sidelines to in the middle of it. The event went from being lame and, from, and for losers to being fun festive and fulfilling. And hark, with a smile on her face, she joined in helping make the event a special one for these kids, where they found the Christmas joy being in the room. And see, what was really happening was the joy of the children had rubbed off on Amanda, and the more that she got it, it became contagious and rubbed back off on them. And so joy began to pour over and over and over until it oozed out the doors. And the lesson that evening was this, that God provides joy in unexpected ways, in unexpected places, through unexpected means, and even unexpected people. And I think of that story, and I think of what we just read from Luke's gospel, and we see evidence of that in this story alone, as if this should have been the archetype that we should anchor our lives on to know that this joy continues in unexpected ways. I mean, a little bit of the background of the story, what is happening in this text is that there are miracles popping out all over the place. Let's start with Zechariah and Elizabeth. What happens is, you remember, they're, they're an older couple, well past the childbearing years, but Zechariah is faithful. So an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, you will bear a son, and he will pave the way for the one most high, meaning John the Baptist is what the angel is foretelling. And Zechariah thinks the angel's lost his mind because, again, they are way too old to be bearing children. 
and they have no children of their own, so this must not be in the cards for them. And yet, his faithfulness holds fast, and Elizabeth is pregnant. A God-sized miracle in and of itself. But then, as we fast forward from their story, just before this one picks up, if we look in Luke's gospel, the Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel as well, and she finds out her news. She finds out that she too will bear a son, the one of the most high, the one that we know, the rest of the story, Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. And she is troubled by this news because she knows culturally to be unmarried, to be young, and to be pregnant is the taboo of taboos in their society. And so she is anxious about this news that she receives from the angel. And so what does she do? She leaves town. She goes up into the hill country. She goes to see her relative, her cousin, Elizabeth. And that's where the transformation occurs. That's where the joy begins to pour out in the story. Because Elizabeth, who is carrying a miracle child of her own, she experiences and shares great joy when that mother of a greater miracle child walks in the room. She says, the child in my womb leapt with joy, the sound of your voice. See, Elizabeth's joy at Mary's arrival changes Mary's perspective, so much so that Mary's anxiety, Mary's worry is cast aside, and it gives way to praise and joy itself. I think of Mary's joy, and I think of that song that we hear sometimes this year, like, Mary, did you know? Well, if you think about that and you listen to it, eventually we know the answer is, yes, she knew, but before she knew, Elizabeth knew. Elizabeth knew the magnitude of this miracle. And then we read verses 46 through 55, what we know is the Magnificat, where Mary's newfound joy is revealed at God fulfilling the promise to Abraham to end the, and the hope of the end of suffering, where her faithful response to God is meted out in this song that she sings, if you will. She exudes praise for God's faithfulness, God's power, God's greatness, God's goodness. And thus her Magnificat becomes ours this holy season. Her joy fills our hearts because of God's grace and hope for us. So today, amidst a world that is full of upheaval and anxiety, joy still finds us if we're willing to look in the unexpected places, if we're willing to wait on unexpected people to show it to us. It finds us in unexpected ways and in unexpected opportunities. The joy of the season catches us when we're not looking. I think about this in terms of a story, what you witnessed this morning with our children singing, but if you were here at 10 o'clock, you know what that looks like. That looks like the pandemonium of the impromptu Christmas pageant. I mean, Kate lays this whole transept out with costumes and kids come pouring in and it becomes this, you choose what character you want to be and some kid decides, I want to be a sheep, no, I want to be a cow, no, I want to be a donkey, and back and forth, and I think I'll end up being an angel. I mean, it's just crazy, and it's all moving about, and then it starts. You know, that first Christmas was probably chaotic for Joseph 
and Mary, and even for the animals in the barn to have a peaceful evening interrupted with all that transpires. But the joy of this impromptu Christmas pageant just pours out that if you walked in here with a chip on your shoulder or a little bit grumpy or bah humbug, you can't walk away the same way. Or think about what happened on Wednesday night down in the auditorium with Nourish, our Wednesday night evening program. We decided kind of to end the season of Nourish, the, the, the winter season. We'll pick back up in January. But we decided we would enter the fall winter season with a Christmas carol sing. Why? Because everyone loves to sing Christmas carols. Some of you love it so much. On the first Sunday of Advent, you're like, do we have to sing the Advent hymns? Can we just go to the carols? Can we just sing Joy to the World on Advent 1? Because we love the music. So we said, let's end it that way. Let's end it. Let's end the nourish season with a carol sing. And so Jeff Maggs and Jonathan Borton, who provided the music for us and the leadership, stepped in to do that. And as we got started, Jeff opened up with this question, how are you feeling? And the room gets very quiet because we're all thinking, uh-oh, we're going to have to go around and share something. We didn't. But Jeff said, how are you feeling? Are you present? Are you distracted? Are you stressed? Are you seemingly lost in the craziness? Take note of where you are. And then for the next 40 minutes, we called out our favorite Christmas carols, and Jeff would ask us, why is that one yours? And we would tell a story about it. Sometimes it was, you know, as simple as, I think it's just pretty, to this really brings back memories of my childhood. Very deep stuff that came out. And how many verses are we going to sing? And then we would sing some of the verses of that carol, and then we'd go on to the next one and on to the next one. And as the evening went on, as the, the clock ticked by, you could feel the energy build with the room, with the stories as to why, to see the energy from the children that were there singing with us. And at the end of the evening, Jeff revisited that question. How are you feeling? Are you happier? Are you more joyful? Are you at peace? Are you excited? Do you have the hope, the love, the peace, the joy of Christmas? And almost to a, part, to a person, everyone admitted as much. And what we began to realize is the benefit from singing together to being in community is that we're all breathing at the same time, inhaling and exhaling, all making music. Some of us better than others, but it didn't matter because we were all doing it and enjoying it. Joy found us in that unexpected moment, in that unexpected way, in that unexpected place. So the questions for us as we worship today and as we go out into the world is this. Where can you look for joy in unexpected places this week? Where can you seek a different, more joyful perspective on life? How can you better express the joy that you have received from and with God? Might that be through singing? Might it be through writing? Might it be through serving? Might it be through worship? See, friends, Mary found joy unexpectedly through Elizabeth. The question for us is who can help us 
find that joy for ourselves. But before we go from this, let's turn the spotlight off of us as individuals. Let's look out at the world around us. Let's think about the work of the church. See, the the church, sometimes we get too inwardly focused, but what we know is our mission is outwardly focused. We're to go out in the community and invite people into the sacred story. We're to share the joy of what we find in this place with people that we meet. So how can we be like Elizabeth and through our joy change others' perspectives on the subject of joy and life? I mean, we're doing this a little bit already, this unexpected joy through our angel tree. This year, we are supporting 340 children, helping them receive presents for Christmas. Or our music and arts ministry, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they had the Piedmont Wind Symphony in here singing some of the music of the season, and over 500 people came through our doors. Last week at Lessons and Carols, again, hearing the old, old story told again, and again, 600 people in this room. Or through Love Thy Neighbor, where our youth build relationships with those that are marginally housed. Our choir joined them in much the same experience that we had last Wednesday night. The room was filled with Christmas carols and joy. See, how can we share unexpected joy with a world that desperately needs it? How can we bless and welcome unexpected guests in our midst? I mean, what we know is, I think about this today, what's happening here in worship, probably sitting around you is someone that you don't know. They may be even new to this place. And what I want to say to you, first of all, is welcome. But what I want us to do is to look for someone that is new to us and welcome them in because we may be the catalyst for them finding joy. Next Sunday is Christmas Eve, and we will have five worship services in this sanctuary or down in the auditorium. And what we know is that not only will you come, but others will come as well. That people not known to us will show up because it's Christmas Eve to see what happens in this place. We can help them find joy by our warmth and our hospitality. To turn and to greet someone that is new to us first before we hug the next of people that we see all day long, all week long. We will get to them eventually, but to welcome someone new and say, we are glad that you are here. And invite them back and connect them to what is happening in the ministries of this church that's changing the world outside of this building. So the question for us, is are we ready to share the joy with the world like Elizabeth did? Are we ready to share the joy with the world like Mary did, where our lives magnify the Lord? Where they tell the story of what God has done for us? Where we show joy by the way we worship Christ, by the way we follow Christ, by the way we mirror Christ? Will people discover unexpected joy through you and through me in this place called Centenary? And so my prayer for us this week as we run, as we make the run up to Christmas Eve, my prayer for us this week is twofold. First, that we find the joy of Advent and Christmas ourselves in unexpected ways and unexpected places and unexpected people. Such that when we enter a room, everyone knows that we are full of joy and not angry at the world. 
And the second is that the world finds this joy through us. That's my prayer for us this week, that we find the joy and that we share the joy with the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.